All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Let's Talk Shop with Denise and Karina. We just named it 10 seconds ago. Not even kidding. I know. <laughs> I we, we keep going back and forth and I like what we settled on. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be suiting. I do too. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped about it. So let's start with some introductions. Uh, my name is Karina Stomworthy. I live in Buffalo, New York, and my salon, The Laundromat, has been in business for 10 years this October. Um, and we have self-service, grooming, retail, a little bit of retail, and day training services. I just have the one location, and I have um, seven groomers at the moment. So um, my name is Denise. I am out in the Cleveland area. I have currently three locations. My business is Awesome Paws Pet Salon. I I didn't realize that we were so close in this, but I um, I will have my first location 10 years in January. So that one was built from scratch. And then we purchased our second location. And then my third is a cat salon that sort of encompasses cats only. So I have a little hodgepodge of different <laughs> businesses that I have put together. Um, and we're predominantly grooming. We have some retail and we employ about 26 to 27 employees. We have support staff as well. Excellent. So um, the reason that we kind of put our heads together and decided to do this podcast is it i mean a number of things number one we like talking to each other so we might as well just record <laughs> us talking to each exactly. other we, um, have of, we have lots of opinions lots of ideas and lots of big plans we do we do but number two um i think we can kind of come up with a little bit of a different perspective um so both of us are owner operators of um, grooming shops. And even though I only have the one location, I think I'm a little bit higher volume in that one location than you are, Denise, because we're about the same size, like in terms of people and revenue and all that, that good stuff. Um, but we really wanted to bring a different perspective of, um, when you are grooming, um, all day, because that is awesome. And that's fun to talk about. And we love talking about grooming. Um, but also the business side of things, um, sometimes doesn't get discussed nearly as much as it, as it should. Correct. And especially as, as you grow large scale into either multiple locations, or I don't know about you, but I think once you hit about that four to five employee mark, I think it bumps you into a different bracket of problems and, and operational changes and different organizations that you need organization things that you need in order to keep growing. Um, I don't know if that's what you feel, but I felt like at that five to six, you know, that four to five groomer mark, it was a whole different ball game crossing that threshold. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and also I think it's so easy to scale in the beginning, like the first couple of employees you have, you're kind of rocking and rolling. Things are are going well. It's it's easy um, because you can be really nimble when you're that size to grow. And then once you get around, for me, I think what was hard was getting from like 10 to 15 people. Um, that's where I kind of got stuck in the weeds a little bit. Um, but, you know, it it's, what is it, what is it that they say? What, what got you here to this point is not necessarily going to take you to the next stage. Um, so looking back at 
how you grew your business up to this point and then how you can continue to grow your business. And maybe that's not, you know, fully growing it, but just improving upon it and staying the size you are, um, is, is difficult. Um, and I think also we're a bit of a minority because, um, I talk about this, uh, I'm part of like a, um, business group in my area. And I encourage everybody that is a business owner to find mentorship groups, networking groups, that sort of thing. Cause you can learn all kinds of things, but something we talk about a lot is, um, we have a really hard time finding statistics for our industry because as owner operators of uh, multiple groomers, we're the minority. So there's a lot of mom and pop shops. There's a lot of um, single owner operators where it's just one groomer and they are sole proprietor. They do all of the work. They're the business and the business is them. Um, And then on the other side of that, you have big corporate salons that employ a lot of people, but we don't have a lot of, for lack of a better word, high volume. I don't consider myself high volume, but high volume private salons, right? Um, and so because of that, we don't have nearly as many resources, I think. I don't think so either. I mean, it was always hard. One of the reasons why, um, like with Barkley and speaking and why I'm so passionate about it, it's because it was hard for me to find very um, industry specific. No one knew what we were going through, right? You had hairstylists, but that doesn't count. And then some of the business stuff didn't, you know, um, some of the networking groups, it it didn't suit what I needed for small scale. Um, Large scale is a little bit different, but small scale. So um, I do believe that resources are really hard to find because you hear a lot about finances. And we had this conversation about like, where our payroll is at and stuff like that. And you hear, oh, it should be 30 or 35%. But when you get into a large scale, like it, it, your numbers are so skewed from your small scale. So in order to have support staff, there's no way we can charge $300 per hour to be able to make up all of that. So either we have to get creative or balance those numbers a lot better and become efficient, which I know is what we're going to be talking about. And efficiency is huge with that. Um, but no, the resources weren't there. It was very difficult for me. Um, so Chris Berry was my my all time. I listened to her and I absolutely love her to pieces and um, everything she stands for. And when I heard at that time, she had five locations with um, complementing mobiles for each one. I'm like, I'm not crazy. Because I think sometimes we think we're crazy that we want to have these larger things. And you see on social media, oh, I'm never going to have employees. I only want it just to be me. And, you know, people downgrade all that. So um, it was really cool to see someone. But I that was about the only resource, you know, or a few people who had like multiple locations. That's it. Yeah. And it's you know, it's, I think it's scary going from where, you know, if you are a groomer and you own your own shop and it's just you, um, it can be very daunting to hire that first employee. Um, but I, I think of it a lot as the difference between, you know, you being the business versus having a business. And the fact is, you know, I just, I just went on vacation for a week, which was great. And I'm, so thrilled. I'm, I'm, I got to enjoy that hot Florida weather for an entire week. Um, and my salon was operating the entire time and you don't, you know, there's, there's trade-offs for sure. I'm not saying that scaling is for everybody, but 
for the business to operate outside of you, um, under your direction, you know, under your control, but for it to still operate when you need to go do something else is, is a huge thing. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm able to take time off. I'm able to, you know, uh, go explore other, other career opportunities and, you know, same as you, we can go speak at Barkley shows or WPA shows or, or what have you. Um, and we can do, you know, podcasts and things like that. (laughs) And all of that is because my business supports me and kind of like frees me up to go do more things. And, um, I don't think I would feel empowered to do that if everything was on my shoulders and I was the sole earner of the business. So, you know, there's, while it is scary to, to, you know, kind of lead other people and, and provide for other people, um, there's a lot of benefit to it as well. Um, yeah. And it, it, you have to make it worth your while. So if you're a salon owner who's listening and um, you're not even making a paycheck for yourself, first, you got to fix that and you have to get compensated because and in, it's so big that dealing with people is a lot of work. So you have to make sure you're getting compensated for the work that you're putting in. And um, just because I'm a groomer, I don't have to groom. I, my, my business is not contingent on any of that. I do it because they're clients I've had for 20 plus years. Um, but you have to make a profit and make money off of it first. You cannot add people to hope offset a profit because that's not how that works. Exactly. You're just scaling, you're just scaling the the deficit at that point. Right. Like you're just adding more and more. You're going to be throwing things and you're going to go crazy and you're going to wonder why. Um, so yes, scaling gives us the freedom, but we have to be smart on that freedom as well. So I know we kind of went back and forth about what we were going to talk about this first episode. And at first I was like, oh, maybe efficiency, operations, things like that. And I totally just changed my mind and I'm hoping you'll just (laughs) go along for the ride. Welcome Um, to our brains. We say, (laughs) (laughs) as we get more into this, everyone's going to learn what it's like to hang out with us and things change really fast or big ideas come or we just say yes and we just run with it. So welcome to our brains and our masterminds. (laughs) What are we switching Excellent. I want, I want to talk about the philosophy of leadership. (laughs) Got it. This is what I would like to talk about. I would like to talk about servant leadership and responsibility. Um, Because I think, you know, kind of as part of our introduction, we're talking about what makes you take the leap and start, you know, hiring employees. And I think there's a little bit of a, a, an adjustment in your mind that has to happen um, for you to be successful in that endeavor. And I just kind of want to share just how I feel after 10 years in. Um, And certainly I think that my views on this are very much shaped by the pandemic. Um, So to kind of take you back a little bit. So I'm in New York state. We had pretty strict lockdowns and we were determined non-essential. Um, so we were shut down for 10 weeks, I believe. And, um, during that time, um, the, I didn't get a PPP loan initially. I didn't get the, whatever the other credits they were all promising at the time. (laughs) Um, so we ran out of money and I had to lay everyone off. 
And the day that I had to lay everybody off and, um, cause I was, I mean, I was really hoping that I could just float us and just not have to worry about unemployment until we reopened. But then we, there was a day that we just, that was it. Couldn't pay anybody else. Um, so I, I called everybody individually and, um, gave them all the resources for filing for unemployment and, uh, made sure that they were taken care of and that they knew what, what they needed to do. Um, but more importantly, during that time, the thing that I did that I'm most proud of was I checked in with my team regularly about the, the ongoing updates in the guidance and what I was hearing from New York state about when we were going to reopen, what I was hearing about, um, you know, from the public health side for them and kind of disseminating that information to them. Uh, I, I think at the time we had like a, a Facebook group that we um, would post regularly and we, we don't use that anymore. But um, so I would check in with them all the time. And it, that really shifted my attitude about the people that work for the organization that I own and what that means. It's an incredible privilege and it's an honor to wake up every day and provide for them. And I, I take that very, very seriously. I don't know if if I'm, if I sound like a crazy person to you right now. No, not at all. Um, actually that's my driving force when, I mean, you're going to hear our, some of our episodes aren't going to be as, oh, go get it. You know, like, oh, do this. We're going to have down moments. I mean, that's what this is all about. Ups and downs. Um, I, my background is a little different, um, but I have always been good with people. I've always been good with holding things together. I've always been good with leadership and and the communication and the stuff and that I've never taken for granted. Um, I may have taken for granted my role before, but I've never taken for granted my staff and the trust that they put into me. And I'm actually amazed at it on a daily basis. Um, but it is it like I I completely get that because seeing them grow or just being a part in their lives, even if they leave, right? Even if I have them that I have one girl who's leaving to go to somewhere closer to her home. I know I, I helped them become a better groomer. So um, the leadership aspect, I think, is the biggest prideful part of scaled ownership, the high volume, whatever you want to call it, right? At the, the larger scale of a of a business and learning how to interact with the employees and lead them and watch your efforts get put into their growth is the most satisfying part about any aspect of this. No money, no, you know, I've never been driven by money. I didn't build by wanting more money. I built because I wanted to provide a good environment because we all know that there's a lot of not good environments and yeah. that came from one. Yeah. we have so many, um, groomers that shop hop and it's not, it's not any reflection on them. It's nope. because it's literally just because I, th- there aren't very many good places to work and there are some really great places to work, but everybody's got to find kind of their, their home. Right. And, you know, I strive every day to be good enough for my staff. And I don't say that as like a, a humble brag. I, I mean, it's, it's such an enormous responsibility and, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm so humbled by them because they do fantastic work. They are, 
the, we are the best grooming salon in Buffalo. I, I have no doubt. And uh, so I have to give them the best leadership, um, you know, because they're, they're turning up every day for me. How can I not turn up the same way for them? And I, you know, I feel very much that uh, like, while I am very proud of the work that we've done, there's always room for improvement. I always go back and think about um, how I could have been a better leader for them in, in certain moments. And I replay, um, you know, scenarios and I am constantly um, just reworking what we're doing to, to improve upon it any way that we can. So while it is immensely, like I am proud, it is so fulfilling. It's the most fulfilling work I've ever done. And it's also incredibly difficult to wake up every day and try to be better every single day. And, and I don't want to diminish that because it is, it is an enormous responsibility for sure. Well, and I think, um, one of the things I always say is, especially when we have employees and, and we're leading them and if we're doing our jobs properly, um, a lot of them like to put us on this pedestal, right? You're the owner, you're, um, doing all these things, like even you and I doing Barkley shows or heck, even me just being friends with you, right? <laughs> like they're like, oh my gosh, you do such cool things. I I literally walk into my salon every day as an equal. I am not above them. I am not below them. We are all equals who are making different choices within our lives to better ourselves within those lives. And whether that's the one uh, groomer who wants to learn how to compete, the other groomer who's happy where she's at, the bather who wants to learn how to groom, my receptionist who's 72, 73, and like, they don't want to, you know, they're like, this is what they're going to do. You know, we joke around all the time that one day we're just going to have to put them out to pasture and, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> that's our, that's our little running joke. Um, so, but I'm no better walking through those doors. We're all equals. And I think that when you hear a lot of the stories, and this is just my opinion from the stories in my area that I've heard of groomers trying to find their homes, and I'm not the home, and I'm, I know you're not the home for some of these groomers as well. You, we may be able to offer what we feel is the best out there, but that doesn't mean that everyone is going to view it as the best either. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, there's so many groomers that they, it's not the right environment for them mm -hmm. and no hard feelings, you nope. know, go out there, spread your wings and fly somewhere else. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of groomers don't realize that they want to work for themselves until maybe they come into a team environment and they realize, oh, that's not for them. But at least um, in my salon, it, it is very much a team environment. It is a cooperative environment. It is, you're, you're never working alone in a room. Yeah. Um, and for some people that have, you know, a, a good social battery that can kind of handle that, that's great. And maybe, maybe some people that's all the social, you know, fulfillment that they need and they go home and they don't want to talk to anybody else. And, and for some groomers, I think it's at least in my, um, in my salon, it's, uh, I don't want to say it can be a bit much because there's nothing wrong with it, but just, you know, different strokes for different folks. I think some I people want to work by themselves. Right. And I always say, um, we're only high volume because I hate, I'm, I'm not a fan of the term. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Right? I, I can't stand it. So let's talk actual numbers. Like what is real quick? Well, here, real here quick. I go again, hard right okay. turn. So like a high volume day for me 
is four groomers on. That's, that's a busy day for me. And those four groomers are doing, I mean, it really depends. It's six to eight dogs, you know, per, per groomer typically. So when we say high volume, that's what I mean. But, but I hate that term because it doesn't feel high volume. I've, I've worked very hard to make sure that it exactly at no point do I feel like, Ooh, this is too many dogs. It's, it's very manageable. Right. Well, and I think that that's why I hate to say, like I said, I don't like to say we're high volume, but if you're going to place high volume on it, we're only high volume by nature of the amount of groomers we have Mm -hmm. and the amount of dogs that come in. It doesn't mean you have to feel high volume. And there is such a huge difference. And like you said, you have your four groomers doing six to eight dogs. My numbers are on, um, I'm actually looking to get six groomers on each day. But we're any, most of the days we're at six groomers um, and each the same doing six to eight. Um, and they are different staggered uh, start times. So we have like a, I don't want to say a mess in the middle, but we have like most of our volume in the middle of the day, which some people, just the fact of dogs coming in and out may not be able to handle knowing that there's a lot of dogs there. And right. And that's where the environment may not be, even though it doesn't feel high. Every once in a while you get, you know, you get wonky, right? Your schedule gets messed up longer. You get get behind, there's, there's a thunderstorm and all the dogs like are very reactive. Those are, those are hard days, but yeah, but, but I think to your point, good leadership is recognizing when an environment is not suitable for someone. And mm-hmm. that that's no reflection on the person. I've, I've had so many really fantastic groomers come through my doors that, um, it, you know, they don't work for us any longer, but it, they left on good terms and it just wasn't the right environment for them. And then, you know, conversely, I have so many um, really great grooming assistants and groomers that have come to us and really blossomed in that kind of team environment. So it really just depends on the person and, um, you know, good leadership is, is really just identifying those traits in people and helping them move towards what they ultimately want. Because what I find is I know what a person wants out of their workplace before they do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you <clears throat> have experienced this as well, but so many times um, we'll have difficulties maybe communicating with a groomer and we can't figure out what the problem is. And there's no problem. They just want to work for themselves and they they yeah. haven't they haven't gotten there yet. Like I know it and right. maybe the rest of my <laughs> management knows it, but they don't know it. Uh-huh. And so, you know, truly good leadership is is helping them realize that. And, mm-hmm. you know, to my detriment, you know, because like groomers are hard to find. Okay. I'm, I, I'm not like actively <laughs> pushing any groomers out the door when they're doing good work. Um, but, but that's, that's really what it's about, right? It's about growing people and seeing their potential and knowing, or, you know, trying to understand what they are motivated by and what they actually want. But good leadership in that aspect is also knowing that just because they're good in in their terms of grooming and stuff like that, that when they hit that point, it is going to turn into an, a, a toxic environment, right? If they're not getting what they want out of it, they haven't figured out what they want out of life, but you can tell that they want something different. You already know that you have to, and it's not pushing them out the door. It's making them see what they want 
so that they can make that decision and it doesn't affect the flow of your day-to-day. Absolutely. And trying to catch that before it happens is, is very difficult. Um, it's a reason why, you know, uh, check-ins as often as you can mm-hmm. with individual check-ins, individual one-on-ones are so hugely important um, because you've got to make sure that your team is on the same page as you, or if they're feeling a little bit off in some way that you know what is motivating it, you know where that's coming from. Um, because very quickly that can kind of grow into little seeds of resentment. And then yep. you have an unhappy team member and they're making an, for an unhappy working environment for your happy team, team members as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all a balance. Right. And, and I, I, I know at least for me, it feels like you're just putting out a ton of little fires all the time. And <laughs> as soon as you get one area of your, well, it's like cleaning my house, right? Like, you know, I'll clean, <laughs> I'll clean one room and I'm, and then I look at the next room and I'm like, oh gosh, okay. And then by the time I get all the way around back to the, the first room, you know, it's messy again. And it's a bit like that in my business. I never feel like I'm completely on top of it, but you try to just manage it and kind of juggle that <laughs> chaos as best as you can. Right. Yes. And, and learning how to recognize those things really helps out a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, 10 years of experience doesn't hurt as well. No, um, it does not. Um, yeah. Like people ask like, oh, how did you, uh, what, what are, like, like, how did you take the plunge? What, what made you decide to do it? Like, why, why did you persevere and never give up? My answer is always that I was too dumb to know <laughs> any better. Well, I, I, well, you don't know what you don't know. And so I was, too ignorant to feel any kind of fear because I had no idea what I was getting into. And I, I think that's a, such a powerful thing. Like just sit and stew in your ignorance. Like you can do anything. If you don't know enough about it, you can jump right in. So yeah, don't be afraid to, uh, well, I was going to say, don't be afraid to be too stupid, but you you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I have the stubborn side. Mine was, you're going to tell me I can't do this. Let me show you. And, (laughs) and that was a lot of what mine was, um, was, are you sure you can do this? What, when it fails, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'll show you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm driven by that aspect of, yes, mine was the ignorance of the business side and not knowing exactly what I was getting into and then driven by people telling me I can't have it all. And I said, just watch me. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel the same <laughs> way. I want to, I want to have my cake and eat it too. Uh-huh. And, um, I had family members years into it saying, when are you going to close up that, that shop and get a real job? Um, I even have family members now that don't, understand the the complexity of it or or just even the 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 volume of it and I don't mean like volume of dogs I mean it you know it's it's a big proper business and (laughs) and I still get you know especially the older family members they're like how's your little dog thing going and (laughs) I don't have the heart to tell them you know the kind of this isn't a brag, but like the kind of numbers we're pulling in, it's not little, it's, it's, you know, there's, yeah. It's It's a viable business that could be sold for a good chunk of money. Yeah. I I mean, 
God willing. Yeah. (laughs) Someday. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anybody would buy it right now, but, um, but yeah, that's, that is certainly on the table for, for later. And that's, and that's goes back to our original point about you can kind of be the business or you can have a business. And I think that distinction is, is really, really important. I, I see this a lot too with, um, groomers that name their salon with their personal name in it. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I totally get it. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's very um, approachable. It's friendly. People understand who you are, but on the other hand, well, where's the value in that for later on? You know, if you're thinking like way down the road, how do you sell something if your name is in it? Mm-hmm. Um you know, how do you, how do you scale that if your name is in it? I, I I feel, I feel like if, if you're looking to scale beyond just you as, as the main producer in the business and your name is in the business right now, um, think about possibly changing the name when you start adding on more groomers. Um, it's also like a very large shadow to cast, you know, for your other groomers, right? Um, cause then they're going to always feel like they have to, um, kind of be, I don't know, like under your name and, and they have you to know. live up to, yeah, they have to live up to the owner's standards or, yeah, and that's how the clients are going to perceive it as well. Sure. And, and, and I think, you know, on one hand we do want them, you know, when you have multiple groomers, you do want everybody grooming to a standard, right. Yeah. But we want to make sure that it's, um, it's an achievable goal and it doesn't feel like you're working in somebody's shadow. Um, right. And I think there's a very fine line there. So yeah, I'm not saying to change your name. If, if your, your, your personal name is in your groom shop's name. I know for many of you, you have very successful businesses with your name in it. So if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. But, but if you're considering scaling um, and you're considering bringing on a, a first employee or another groomer, um, that's a really good time to think about very, very long-term what happens when you want to sell it, what happens when you want to have a second location and you're not at both locations, you know, what, mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if, um, so that's why I do recommend having not a generic name, certainly put your, put your attitude in it, put your, your personality into it. And you can be the face of the business all you want, but have the name be something that is bigger than you as a person. Correct. And so when I started, I always knew I didn't want to be the face of my business. So as soon as I could hire a receptionist or someone who could be up front and I could go hide in back, I was happy because then I knew that I could get away from people saying, I want the owner or I want you. And I just had this, I'm very good with customer service and I hate to answer the phones because I just had this happen where I answered the phone. I had a new client. Can I book with you? No, because I'm not taking new clients. So like, I, like, this is why I try to stay away, but I always knew I didn't want to be the face of it. So I didn't, and I don't know how you started your business, but I sure in the heck didn't think in 10 years, I would be where I'm at. I just knew I didn't want to be the only groomer. I knew I didn't want to be the face. And I knew how I wanted, like I wanted support staff and I wanted groomers to groom and bathers to bathe and have a front st- uh, front desk staff. Um, I never, I never in a million years would have thought I'm scaled to where I'm at. So 
exactly the same for me minus the grooming part, because I just, I don't, I don't groom. Um, but, um, certainly there's a balance, right? Because if you put too much of your face into the business, it, it can, for me, it can feel very overwhelming. Um, and it feels, it just feels like a lot to take on. So in the beginning, I didn't put my face on anything. Um, and I still consider it the highest compliment when people come in and ask if we are a franchise. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's always really, really great praise. Cause I know what that, what they're actually saying is that we have good branding and it looks very professional. And, and so that's, that's a compliment, but lately, at least post, um, TV appearances and just being a little more recognizable in the community. I've been leaning into it a little bit more, but I've, I've been trying to find a balance because yeah, you want to live your life too. You don't want to be, (laughs) you know, when I'm, when I'm at work, I, I have things that I ought to be doing. And, um, if I'm being brought up front constantly, because people know I'm the owner. Yeah. That's, that's disruptive to my day. Um, but I do recognize that it's such a personal thing to give your dog to someone to take care of Mm -hmm. and having a little more, um, accessibility to those people, like having a a face to the name and, and knowing, um, who is going to be there taking care of your dog. That's, that's hugely important for the client. Um, and that kind of transparency is something that I think that, Ooh, we'll save that for another episode. Cause that, that would be a great topic. Why don't you write it down on your, down. Am I remarkable? Denise has this stupid tablet. So she has this like fancy tablet that she's trying to get me to buy. You need and it. I, and, um, now it's just an ongoing joke to see how long I can go without it. I know, right? Um, now it's just out of spite that I won't buy. I'll, I'll buy it eventually, but, um, but Denise is always writing things down. I just spit them out into the ether and Denise writes them down. Um, yeah. Before you forget. So yeah. Transparency, transparency, just as a, as an industry trend in general, because it's, it's bigger than just grooming. It's, it's the trend in the world and in all business, but, um, certainly for grooming, you know, uh, having, uh, but like my staff, they don't like to wear name tags. And that's mostly just because the, the magnets fall off. Right. Cause we have like magnetic ones. I got us like really cute ones. Um, and so I have to like get their, their smocks embroidered. Um, they don't actually have a problem with the name tag itself. It's just, it's always like flying off, but just knowing the name of the person that's going to take care of your dog. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that seems like, a, a really simple thing. And you're like, oh, why would people care? But it, you really will care when it's your dog and you're, you know, taking your dog, um, for its first service, you know, you want to know who those people are. So to my point, you know, I, I've been, I've been loosening up on that a little bit and I'm not, you know, this, this man behind the curtain as much anymore. Um, but finding a balance is, is it's tricky. Well, and I think what I have to do is get more comfortable saying no to grooming because I, I, I hired a receptionist because I can't say no, to be perfectly honest. I can't say no and that you owe me more money. I have a hard time with that. So I hired someone who can do that for me. 
So being able to say, no, I'm the face and I only have my standing clients and that's it, no more, um, is something I have to work on because, and we will talk about transitions and, and transitions that both of us are going through our businesses right now. Um, with this transition that I'm currently going through, I am enjoying being a part of the client side of things in a different avenue. And I'm finding it to be not as rewarding as leading my team, but it is starting to get up there. I just have to look at it. I'm the groomer. So Karina doesn't have the groomer side to it. I have the groomer turning into more of an owner, larger scale owner, um, and having to step away from grooming so I can work on the business, not in the business. So that transition is definitely a little bit harder. But um, with it, I can see the gratifying side and building that brand by being upfront too. I'm also only in one location out of three. So it's figuring out how to do all that as well. But oh, you just cut yourself into thirds. Easy peasy. Right. Here, someone can have this, someone can have that one. It's cool. So, so yeah. Um, so yes, I'm starting to learn to appreciate being in front of people now in a different way. All right. Awesome. Well, I think that covers it for this first, I don't know, first episode. I love it. I feel I, like that was sufficient. Yeah. High five through the, through the computer. <laughs> um, and I'm sure like I'll wax poetic about servant leadership a lot more in the future, but at least that kind of like lays the foundation. Yeah. Uh, we have lots of opinions. Everyone will find out and we can't wait to share them because we want to help others not go through the things that we went through and have their own new problems. Yeah. I mean, you, you should, <laughs> there are, there are an infinite number of problems in this universe. Like don't, don't worry you don't have to make the same mistakes we did. You can go yeah. make your own new creative, own. beautiful yeah. mistakes that I never even pondered. So be, be unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> be unique. Mess up in, in new, beautiful ways. I love it. <laughs> That's going to be our slogan. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Do we still say tuning in for I tuning in for for subscribing? Is there a subscribe? Yeah button smash that like and subscribe button if this was going on youtube right um but we're hoping to do this um bi-monthly which is a horrible word no bi-monthly is the right word bi-weekly doesn't make sense to me um that's every every other week yeah ish ish we're gonna yeah i got places to go and things to do and sometimes Sometimes, you know, we're on a, oh, do you want to do a shameless plug for our cruise here at the end? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. So um, also, if you guys don't know, um, Denise and I are the new hosts of the Barkley Pet Pro Cruise, and we have two scheduled sailings. I mean, by the time this one comes out, we're going to be basically on the boat to Aruba, but, or no, yep. Bermuda. <laughs> um, I know where we're going. I plan the whole cruise. Um, so we have our fall sailing is leaving out of New Jersey, headed to Bermuda with our guest speaker, Terry DiMarino. Um, so we're very, very excited to welcome her on board and hear all of the amazing things that she has to, to share. And yes. then we just uh, a couple weeks ago announced our January sailing, which is going to Mexico 
and that is with our guest speaker, Blake Hernandez. Yes. And um, he is, I, I mean, everybody knows Blake, but it should be like a rip roaring good time. Um, and we're actually working on possibly bringing on some, I don't want to promise anything, but we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying, you know what? I'm not going to promise anything. We're, we're, we're working on some fun surprises. Yes. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, so yeah, the idea of, of those is that there'll be, um, two a year. So there always will be a January sailing going to the Caribbean and then a, a fall sailing kind of going to a not Caribbean location. Yeah. yeah. Different, um, different sightseeing, different travel options, I think, versus a Caribbean. Yes, mm-hmm. yes exactly. I mean, the end goal is I want us to go do a Mediterranean cruise. That's really, this is the long con. We're just building. Yeah. We're just, yeah, we're just building. building up to that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, but you know, it's a really great time. We do, uh, seminars on our sea days in the mornings and just, it's just a really lovely way to connect with your industry peers. And, you know, we all have the same problems. We, yes. Yeah. Like whatever your problem is, somebody has had a version of it. And maybe there's some little nugget of wisdom that you can take from what they did and, yeah. um, and, you know, kind of just feel heard and feel supported. Um, for me, the networking is just inc- been incredible. Oh yeah. Uh, the friends that we make and all that other stuff. And if you're bringing a plus one who doesn't want to go, I'm going to tell you tag along. Todd, my husband is going to he already has plans for bingo and stuff for all of the plus one. Oh my I gosh. Know. He, he planned our wedding. So I, I want to hang out with the plus ones. I'm not <laughs> even gonna. Oh, that's fantastic. But no, it's, it's great to, if, if you have a, a significant other who is just so tired of hearing you come home and talk about work, <laughs> bring them on the cruise. They can hang out with other significant others who suffer the same way. <laughs> Yeah. And they can trauma bond. So right. it'll be great. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Um, okay. Awesome. So we'll call it there. Thanks for listening and we'll see Thank you guys everyone. soon. Yes. Bye everyone. Bye. Oh, is she done? She didn't say that she's done recording, but that's plenty of time for oh. you to cut it there. I know I'm trying. <laughs>